the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. The Gulf South. It's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Thursday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damien Collado and Alicia Quibido. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Yes, and happy yes. Feast of St. Bruno. And St. Faith. There you go. Y'all ready to pray? Yes. All right. Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who called St. Bruno to serve you in solitude, grant through his intercession that amid the changes of this world, we may constantly look to you alone. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Bruno, pray for us. Oh my gosh, David Dawson Sr. is getting that song about We Don't Talk About Bruno stuck in my head. If you know, you know, St. Bruno, we actually are going to talk about him later on in 18 minutes. Is a Disney movie, Damien. You're oh, laughing. We were talking about I, it before. I, it's going right over my <laughs> head. <laughs> it, it's, it's stuck in your head. Yeah, you just, yeah. okay. if you know, you know. You oh my goodness. <laughs> I have little, yes. had him at one time. That's right. Well, not around Bruno time. Not around Bruno time. No. That's kind of a new thing. Oh, my goodness. Young people with young people. (laughs) How about that? Yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about today's guest, too. Erica Teague joins us. She's a Catholic artist, and she's going to talk about the popular 2023 Be a Heart Liturgical Year Planner. So we're going to get details about this and how we can get ourselves organized for the new liturgical year. Father Braxton Nikes joins us in 18 minutes. He's the Associate Director of Vocations in the Diocese of Biloxi, and he's going to be talking about vocations in the diocese. And you guys, he is so wonderful. So looking forward to having this conversation with him. In 35 minutes, David Dawson Jr. joins us from the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, and every Thursday he talks marriage and family life. And today he's going to talk about sincerely listening to our kids. So that's today's topic. Stay tuned. I'm curious. I want to find out more about that. And 48 minutes, Father Alex Harb joins us. Uh, he's over at St. Agnes in Baton Rouge, and he's going to be talking about the 43rd annual St. Charbel Liturgy sponsored by the St. Charbel Maronite Catholic Mission of Louisiana. So we will learn more about this event and the Maronites. It's going to be a great show, Damien. Looking forward to great weather as well. Oh, yes, indeed. Abundant sunshine, to <laughs> say the least. And it's going to be plentiful full all the way through the weekend winds are going to be light and variable right now they're blowing about five miles an hour high today 87 lows going to be 59 tomorrow a little warmer high could get up to around 90 degrees and again the low probably around 60 but come the weekend we've got a little bit of a cool front moving in and that's Mm -hmm. exciting temperatures going to be as though you lived in hawaii (laughs) (laughs) i knew it was coming (laughs) and with that 
highs right now. Uh, expect the mid-80s to the low 50s over the weekend. Temperatures in around the area. Mandeville, it's 68 degrees. If I can keep Alicia from stop laughing here. Home at Thibodeau, it's 64. <laughs> the warm spot is in the Crescent City where it's 71. Baton Rouge at 63. And the cool spot in Gulfport, Mississippi. 62 degrees but it's just beautiful out there i hope everyone has been enjoying this weather we've been blessed with yes for sure hey and it'll be beautiful mm-hmm. tomorrow morning if you're out and about come and pray with us the first right. friday rosary at our baton rouge yes. uh, studio so we're gonna have plenty of coffee and treats from the heavenly donut yeah. so you'll indulge in that while we're praying or before and after there Let's you go put it that way good idea okay it's five after the hour on a thursday don't go too far. We've got plenty coming your way on Wake Up. Our gospel today is taken from Luke chapter 11. Jesus said to his disciples, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give him the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for uh, joining us with the gospel. Um, That's actually a recording. He's not joining us. (laughs) I'm so distracted by the wide shot. Thank you so much, Albert, for that. Erica T. Campbell joins us now. Wow, you guys, is it Friday yet? Uh, She's a Catholic artist, and today she's going to be talking about the popular 2023 Be a Heart Liturgical Year Planner. Hey, Erica, thanks so much for being with us today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we are getting closer to a new liturgical year. Tell us a little bit about this popular planner and how we can get started. Yeah, so we have a planner um, that is, it's 13 months. So we give the extra month, basically it goes into the next liturgical year too. Um, so it's from December to December, through December. And um, in it is, uh, we include all of the different feast days for the year so that busy women can, can in the midst of their lives, also be mindful of the different feasts, the different seasons, um, the different ways that the church has set up for us to um, live this like a cyclical life together um, that doesn't have to happen just in our churches, but can happen in our homes, in our workplaces, um, in, in our busy schedules, just like a very little way to um, to connect to that. And then each month um, I included the devotion of the month. So the church gives us a different devotion each month oh. to think about. 
so we share that and then a little prayer that you can say um, through through that month. So just a little extra way to um, connect with God. I love that. Okay. And different features that they include is, or other features that they include as well is uh, a list of feast days, holidays, holy days of obligation and novena start dates. It's the novenas that catch me off guard because <laughs> I, I never know when they start. So I, I love that that's included in that, in the planner. Yeah. It's hard to remember those. So we just calculated backwards from, from different days of novenas that people like to do. And then you can choose them and, and see when to start because none of us can remember that. And then we also have, you know, <laughs> you, you have your monthly to-do list that is everything that you need to do. It has a place to, um, for each month to, uh, write down your prayer intentions. So, you know, so many times, people say like can you pray for this can you pray for that and it's very hard to remember those things there's a place to collect all of those together and then there's a list for your gratitude so you can put the date next to it um and and then list what you're grateful for because we also know that that's a way to you know giving thanks to god and to find happiness in our lives is to recognize the good that we have and then um each month has some reflection questions uh, to think about the previous month and then to think about the month coming of like different different ways that um, we want to grow in our spiritual life, in our in our relationships, um, in our work life, different things like that. Okay, I had this one planner that had sheets and sheets of stickers that made it fun to plan. Uh, but did Ryan, when you, Ryan uh-huh. remind you about a dentist appointment or a doctor's appointment? And that's exactly what you have in here as well. But talk about the uniqueness of this because it's it's really focused on femininity and uh, catered toward women. I love this. Yeah. So obviously i think women are the general planner users uh we we have so many Mm -hmm. things to schedule if you're a college student you have a lot to to schedule with that if you're a young person you have a lot between work and and you know all the things going on and then if you're a mom you have even more Mm -hmm. uh we have birthdays and all of these things and so it's really a way for me that I found in my own life to be able to unload some of the mental load that we carry. And mm-hmm. so with, with that, and I, and I think my, my artistry tends to lean m- more feminine. Obviously, I'm a woman, mm-hmm. so I can speak to that much more <laughs> uh, of what mm-hmm. um, people wanted. So for this one, I drew, I drew so many things. I drew, I don't know, 200 things or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, wow. So that there's little touchstones that are are more just a memory, an image to to jog our memory. That's something that's really beautiful. Something that you don't mind having sitting out on your coffee table at your desk. That really, when you look mm-hmm. at it, um, leads leads us to that. And so the the scripture that I chose for the front of it, it's made out of like a vegan leather. Okay. Is about um, rest that we find in Christ. And so I think, you know, that these years are really different than what we've experienced in the, in the last couple of years. The anxiety is high. We have a lot going on. There's so much uncertainty. And so this is just a little way that's mm. different than um, a traditional prayer, but I really think the way that we organize our lives and the way that we spend our time mm-hmm. is a prayer. And we can invite God into that to look at the ways that we are um, 
spending our time, where we're putting our energy. And so it's really to be a tool for women like me. I'm a mom of two young children. Uh, I own a business. There's a lot going on. And for me to be able to, I don't know if you have this experience, but you sit down in prayer and then your mind is just swirling with all of the things that you need to remember to do. Uh, So for me, it really helps if I can first unload all of that, Mm. invite God into it, and then I have some mental space to actually be able Mm -hmm. to listen uh, to, to God. Erica, thank you so much for joining us. You can go to AveMariaPress.com to purchase your copy today. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great one. Thanks. All right. Stay with us. We're going to learn more about our saint of the day right after the break. It is 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 6th. Today we celebrate Saint Bruno. Bruno was born in Cologne, Germany around 1030. He became a famous teacher and served as chancellor of its archdiocese. His dream, however, was to live in solitude and prayer. He persuaded a few friends to join him in a hermitage. After a time, he was given a more remote, solitary site on which to build. For Bruno, it was ideal— The climate and mountainous terrain almost guaranteed silence, poverty, and small numbers. In 1084, Bruno and his friends built an oratory there with small individual cells at a distance from each other. This marked the beginning of a new contemplative monastic order known as the Carthusians. Six years later, Pope Urban II called Bruno to Rome for a consultation about church affairs. When the Pope fled because of anti-papal activity, Bruno also pulled up stakes. He spent his last years in the wilderness of southern Italy. Bruno was never formally canonized since the Carthusians resisted publicity. Pope Leo X simply declared Bruno a saint in 1514. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Nineteen after the hour on a happy, happy, beautiful Thursday morning. So glad you could join us, Damian Collado, along with Alicia Quivito and the lovely Gabby Smith. We're so glad you could join us. And with us right now, Father Braxton Nikes. He is the Associate Director of Vocations with the Diocese of Biloxi. And we're so glad to have him because Vocations, I think, is up and coming and is on fire again. Father Braxton, welcome to Wake Up. Hello, Damien. Hello, everyone. It's truly an honor to be here with you guys this morning on the radio and joining our our Catholic community throughout the Gulf South. Uh, My name is Father Braxton. I'm the Associate Director of Vocations here in the Diocese of Biloxi. And you know what, Damien, you really hit the the nail on the head when you said that there's a a fire in terms of vocations. We see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and young men who are are graciously answering the call to follow Jesus in a radical way. And so uh, we can 
we see that that men are, are being generous and responding to the call of the Holy Spirit. So it's truly a joy to be here with you guys this morning. Well, great. And we're glad to have you to talk about this because I know we see it uh, developing and expanding in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, and I'm glad to hear the same things happening in Biloxi. What What are some of the things uh, that are going on uh, in the local church parishes? I know here we have St. Andrew's Dinner, where uh, Father Josh Johnson brings in uh, right now. It started out with like five or six young men. I'm talking about high schoolers. Now they're up to 20 in a matter of a month attending these dinners uh, that they come to and learn about Christ and, and the call to, to serve God. Praise be to God. That's a beautiful thing. So here in the Diocese of Biloxi, uh, Bishop Kinnaman has actually, one of the first things that he instituted when he was uh, installed as our bishop is he really was focusing in and honing in on forming intentional disciples. And so Bishop Kinnaman uh, from the very beginning, started writing a document, which he has uh, given to the people of the Diocese of Biloxi, Missio Nostra, which is available for download on our website. And uh, it really talks about having that personal relationship with Jesus. It focuses on on making sure that we're not just sacramentalizing people, but that they have that, that, that prayer life with our Lord Jesus and are truly disciples and following the Great Commission. Some of the things that we are doing in terms of the vocations office here in Biloxi is we are making sure that we're getting out to our Catholic high schools and, and encouraging our young people in high schools, in youth groups, mm-hmm. to, to really to discern if God is calling them to the priesthood, if God is calling them to whatever vocation that may be. You know, holy priests also come from holy families, and mm-hmm. so we have to remember that. You know, mm-hmm. vocations is not just about the priesthood or the religious life. It's also about responding to the call to be a holy father or holy mother within the family. Yeah, what are some of the qualities that the Church looks for when it comes to someone considering the priesthood? I would say that the qualities that the Church looks for in considering a, a young man for the priesthood is first and foremost a man of prayer, a man who is has a very balanced life, a man who is able to communicate well with others, who's able to be empathetic, who's able to truly walk in a company with the people of God, with the souls who he is, who he will eventually be entrusted to. Um, you know, and, and there is a, a natural charisma, a natural joy of sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Mm-hmm. I often hear uh, when I approach young men, say, man, you really ought to consider the priesthood. And, and a few of them tell me, well, I'm, I'm not holy enough. And, and, and I, you know, I always say, well, what does holy enough mean? Right. What, what, what would you say to that? I, I need to give them a better answer than what I've been giving them. <laughs> Damien, that's, a, that's actually a great question. You know, even as a priest now, I sometimes think I am just Braxton from the kill. <laughs> um, and, and, and the reality is, but God doesn't call those who are equipped. He equips those who are called. And so if we just generously and with a gracious heart say yes, he'll give us what we need. Um, and, and so I would say, and I would, I would take that a step further, that question, and I would say make sure if you see some of the characteristics, some of the qualities of a young man that he might be a good priest, call that out. You know, I think that's one of the things that we as mm-hmm. church as a whole should really be doing is speaking, you know, we see this gift in you. We see this potential. Have you really considered it? You know, because the reality is we live in a world that is so contradictory to 
the life of the priest to Mm -hmm. that true authentic gift of vocation. And so really speaking that to our young people um, so that they can be open to what the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus is calling them to. Yeah. You mentioned life of a priest. So what is the life of a priest like today for someone might be listening and (laughs) entertaining the priesthood? So that's uh, that's actually a really great question. I'm, I, I have the pleasure of being at St. Thomas Aquinas Parish here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is literally on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi. And so uh, I get to, I, it's, it's, an, it's a beautiful life. I truly get to accompany and walk with so many young people who are hungry for truth, who are literally growing in faith day in and day out. And And, you know, I would say walking with them, whether it be through the sacraments, whether it be in spiritual direction, whether it be in just spending some time with them one-on-one asking, you know, how's life going? You know, giving them that opportunity to speak. You know, priesthood is not always just about just celebrating Mass. That's important. It's the highlight and the high point of what we believe, you know, in terms of, of our faith. But we also have to take that time to listen, to listen to the Holy Spirit, but also to listen to those who we're ministering to, and to walk with them in faith and challenge them and encourage them to grow in that relationship with Jesus. Do you have some programs on campus that bring young people together to learn more about Christ and maybe get them to, to learn more about uh, entertaining the vocation as a as a that's what we actually Lifestyle? do. We, we, we here at St. Thomas Aquinas, we have, uh, we have four focused missionaries, and mm. um, we have about 13 mm. Bible studies with uh, young people in college who are attending, which is pretty remarkable that 13 Bible studies are going on on a college campus. Yeah. Um, we actually we have a rosary walk every Monday morning at 5 a.m., and guys, we'll have like 40 wow. young people oh, show up. Nice. At 5 a.m. Wow. Wow. I know, like, like they really outdo me because sometimes I'm like, y'all, this is too early. But they, <laughs> they are so fire. And we get together, we pray the rosary, chaplet of divine mercy, and we spend some time with each of them, you know, as we're walking, praying the rosary. But also, we're, I'm, I'm in the process of, of launching a, um, I got to attend the NCDVD National Conference of the Diocesan Vocation Directors in Baltimore recently. And I'm about to start launching here in our diocese some discernment groups um, that Father Mike Pratt out of the Diocese of Oklahoma has started. It's like Priesthood 101. Oh. And so it's a six-week discernment group for young men. Um, and then there's also one, it's Religious Life 101 for young ladies. Uh, and so I'm in the process of getting certified, so to speak, to facilitate those. And so that's going to be something that we're offering not only here at, at my particular parish that I'm at, but also offering it diocesan-wide. Nice. And I was going to ask you about that. As far as young women, do you also um, work with them in, in regards to entertaining religious life? Or is there a nun or someone else that helps you with that? So unfortunately in our diocese, we don't have a, a, a religious sister who works with vocations in our vocations office. But that was one of the things that really intrigued me uh, with this particular, these discernment groups, is that it offers young women also that availability. Uh, and we do have some resources here in the diocese. You know, we've had some young women who have discerned. And so getting our, our young ladies who might feel the Lord calling them, you know, getting them in touch with someone who can say, hey, I've, I've done this, I've experienced this. 
uh, I think that's important. And so trying to be that quote-unquote network, you know, um, I may not be a, a king of anything, but I'm kind of a jack of all trades in vocation, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yeah, well, Father Braxa, before we go, tell us your vocation story. What got you to answer the call? So, um, you know, that's really, so I've shared this a few times. Uh, when I was a very young child, I'd say probably second, third grade, I thought you had to be Irish to be a priest. <laughs> <because the> majority <laughs> Our own David priest. Dawson would appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you had to be Irish. Uh, because praise be to God, it was the Irish priest here in the Diocese of Biloxi who really kept passing on the faith. You know, uh, and we're so thankful for them. Um, and so I, I started to feel that call probably, I'd say, in my seventh, eighth grade year of, um, of middle school. Mm-hmm. And so I, I decided that, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I really want a family. I really want a family. In fact, I had children's names picked out. Wow. Um, and, and, and so I decided to go to Holy Cross College uh, on the West Bank and get a degree in theology. And I was going to go teach religion in the Catholic schools. My first theology class at Holy Cross College was with Dr. Brant Petrie. And he said something so profound. Mm -hmm. He said, if you're looking for the perfect spouse, guys, listen, marriage is not for you. I mean, marriage, I'm sorry, yes, marriage is not for you. And so it was just like this moment. And as I was teaching the faith in my parish as a youth minister to my confirmation class, I remember teaching on the sacraments. And there was this still, small voice as I was teaching on the sacraments where I heard the Lord say to me, instead of teaching, I want you to be. Awesome. Father Braxton, that is great. And so you said yes. And I said yes. And so here I am trying to uh, live out the fullness of the gospel. Well, great. Well, Father Braxton and Nikes. Keep doing God's work. He's the Associate Director of Vocations, Diocese of Biloxi. Thank you for being with us on Wake Up This Morning. God bless. Thank you, guys. God bless you. We're back with more in a moment. It is 35 past the hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damien Collado and Alicia Quibido. We are streaming live on our YouTube channel. So head over to YouTube. That's YouTube.com if you've never been there before. Uh, and just search Catholic Unity Radio in the search box and click on the subscribe button. And if you really want to get fancy, click on that little bell and we will send you a notification every time we go live or every time that we upload a video. So uh, just search Catholic Community Radio on YouTube. And that is probably one of the easiest ways to watch us live on the morning show. So let's get to our next guest, David Dawson Jr. Thanks, Jeff, for the ding. He's the director of the Office of Parish Support for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Hey, Dave, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Yes, indeed. How you doing? We are doing great, and today's topic is quite interesting. I love hearing more about what you have to say about marriage and family life when we have you on every Thursday, and today we're going to be talking about sincerely listening to your kids. Yes, yes. This is one of those things I think uh, I was challenged with this first with marriage, Um, and I hear, you know, you hear with poetry and music and that kind of thing, and just with a lot of the communication skills, trainings and that, that 
a lot of times we assume that we know what our spouses are thinking and what they're going to say next and that there's really nothing that's going to surprise us. And so with this kind of a subconscious decision to just not really listen all that, that deeply uh, and to not expect that we're going to hear a whole lot that's, that's, that's new or interesting or that's going to, you know, I don't know, the, the, the mystery kind of is gone. Uh, and that's when we can really get in trouble and that's when we start missing the real gift of marriage. Well, the truth is that same thing, and this is I've learned this the hard way, continue to learn this the hard way, the same thing with our kids. And it's not until like, okay, I've got some time where I'm either in the car or to the end of the day and I finally sat down and one of them just starts talking, you know, and, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I thought I knew how you thought, you know, like I thought I knew the way that your thought processes went, but what's coming out of your right mouth right now is not what I expected at all. You know, and so just getting to where I can ask questions. And so I'm sort of reminded of this every now and then, but I think also God convicts me like, this is how you're going to love them best, is to be able to sit and sincerely mm-hmm. listen. And a lot of times, you know, just trying to be a good dad, right? No, no, I see my wife doing the same thing, just trying to be a good mom. We pretend to listen, we pretend to be interested in what they have to say. But the truth is, like, I'm just antsy to get back to what I was doing, or I'm trying to do two things at once. Uh, and the little ones may be fooled by this every now and then, but it doesn't take that very long to realize that, like, I'm not really listening, you know, and that, that, that speaks a lot. And they get used to that, unfortunately. Um, but that, that's definitely a habit that, that we get into pretty easily and pretty quickly. Most definitely, especially when our kids are younger, the stuff that they say is quite cute and it can be so totally random. Um, And I know that even today, my son asked me questions that I don't know the answer to. And I go to the typical millennial parent uh, response where let's ask Alexa or let's let's ask Siri what the answer is. And he gets all excited and goes and he's like, Alexa, and then he'll ask. Um, But, uh, you know, sincerely listen to your kids as they get older. This is so important, Dave, to sit down and really show that you care and and you see them and you're listening to them that's that's quite a challenge yeah, it is and i think that the, the difficult part is to to like i said to not think that we're new we know what's coming which to be honest what it communicates is that we're kind of bored with them and it's mm. it's it's it really does i think you know like i said they get used to that they know that parents you know have all these other complex thoughts and responsibilities and they know that but the truth of the matter is like that that happens on a regular basis and i'm very guilty of this uh that they they recognize like that's not super interested he's kind of bored with me he'd rather be doing other things he's doing this out of charity <clears throat> when the truth is like if i can just like actually recognize and it takes you know prayer and it takes grace to recognize like there's something here that i'm not actually i don't really know and if I can take the time and recognize, like, the to-do list is not the king of my life, then I'm able to receive something yeah. new. I'm able to receive something I didn't see mm-hmm. before. And, like, the wonder and the delight in that is something that, if it's sincere, they're going to pick up on that. And they're going to see that there's wonder and delight in me at the mystery of who they are, because they are a mystery. I don't actually understand mm-hmm. them deeply. Uh, and so the hard part is just taking the time and being willing to make the mental you know, flip to say, like, now there's something here that I don't know, and there's something here that, that could catch my attention and, 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 and really, you know, kind of blow my mind a little bit. That's what we want. We want our minds to be blown. You know, like, that's the desire that we've got. And, and <laughs> the, the fact that it, our kids can do that if we allow them to, uh, it's funny how, how hard that is, even though that's what we want more than anything. 
Yeah. Well, my son is a talker, so we know everything and anything about how his day <laughs> went at school. Um, but any advice, Dave? We've had a long day. We're, we're If we're lucky, we get to lay down on the couch for maybe five, ten minutes. The busy day. We have activities, <laughs> dinner, all of that. Um, making time for our kids. We won't regret doing that. Um, especially because yeah, they yeah. grow up so quickly. So any advice for parents who are kind of struggling with that at the moment? Yeah, I'd say a couple of things. One uh, is to get down on their level, right? So if they're younger, to actually, like, say my wife does a great job of this and reminded me of this, and I've kind of gotten into the habit of, like, as they're talking, to squat down, get down on one knee. And it's a habit thing. It takes, mm-hmm. you know, some doing it first. But I tell you, it, it makes a huge difference to be able to look them in the eye. Because when I'm not, when I'm standing up and they're down there, uh, then my, my tendency mm-hmm. is to be focused on the things that are on my level and to be doing those things, and they kind of follow me around talking. Whereas if I stop and get on their level, and it may not be I can do that all the time, but like there's on a regular basis, do I have to stop talking, stop and get down on their level and look them in the eye? That yeah. makes a huge difference in my ability to focus on them. Uh, the other thing I think is to build it into my to-do list for the evening, right? That like if uh, during the evening, at some point, like I'm going to stop for a, a given period of time, and it's just going to be to just hear them out. How's it going? What's what's the word? I tried, you know, uh, we're like, okay, we're driving home and that kind of thing. And it could be ideal. I'm not good at that because when I'm driving, I'm like in zombie mode. And so I'm half listening. I'm there, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing a good job of asking follow-up questions and that kind of thing. Like I'm trying. I, I try hard. But it's just that I have to recognize this is not in my skill set. So when we're at home, uh, to be able to build in time for me to just be present to them. It's got to be something I put on the to-do list, and it's not something that's just going to happen naturally just because I want it to, you know. Yeah. What about multiple children requiring our attention and wanting us to listen? Dad, look at this. Dad, look at this. Any advice on that, Dave? Uh, I'm curious to know how it is in your household with this. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, like, just a second of talking to Stones. And even if I'm the one, you know, as a kid who's trying to get Dad's attention, but he's already talking to somebody, what I see is that, dad focuses on people mom focuses on people and i'll get my turn eventually but i know that like the other issue is if i don't if i let myself be interrupted by all the other ones that are trying to get my attention then the one who's talking knows that like he's got to fight for it and if there's a sense that i got to fight for it uh that's not a good image that i'm providing of like what does love look like what is how does god respond when you need his attention that kind of thing is like you got to fight for it so even if i'm having a fight against you and that kid still knows that it's for a good reason, right? Even if they're upset, they're annoyed because I'm not talking to them. They know it's because I'm focused on somebody else. And they deep down, they know that focusing is good. Even if I'm talking to mom, I'm like, hold on, I need to look at mom for just a little bit. You're going to have to wait. They still appreciate that even if they're annoyed. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, most definitely. David Dawson, Jr., Director of the Office of Pair Support for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Where can we go to find out more information about you and what you do in the diocese? Yes, it's htdiocese.org and with Office of Parish Support. Tons of uh, opportunities. If you want to get something going at your parish, you're ready to help. All right, wonderful. Thank you so much, Dave, for joining us today. Thanks, guys. All right, Damien, Alicia, I don't, I don't have a teenager. You guys have, <laughs> are raising teenagers, or, ha, or have raised teenagers. Any advice on, or any, any stories, real quick? Well, you know, I'm topic? fine. I know, uh, and my husband is just like Dave said. He, when he's driving, he's focused on driving. Me, not so much. And I think it's mm-hmm. mostly because moms are naturally multitaskers. I find that my children, when we're in the car, is when they're the most chatty. 
that that they you know and mm-hmm. I had heard uh, I went to a talk that Stacy Galino gave uh, at the diocese years ago, and that she was talking about how that car time is such a great time because their gaze is straight ahead. Your gaze is straight ahead. And that pressure of looking eye to eye when they're teens, when they're in that age can be difficult for them when they want to just lay it all out for you and chit chat. So I find with teenagers, uh, car time is a great time to chat. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for that. Father Alex Harv joins us when we come back from the break. Stay tuned. It's 45 past the hour on Wake Up. minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Thanks so much for joining us. We are joined this morning by Father Alex Harp. He's a Marianite Rite Priest in residence at St. Agnes in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Good morning, Father Alex. Good morning. How are you doing? Wonderful. We're so happy to have you join us this morning. And I know we want to get to uh, an upcoming liturgy that you want to share with our listeners. But before we do, let's talk about the Marianite Rite. You are a priest, uh, a Marianite Rite priest. And tell our listeners what that means. So uh, Marianite is a religious order. I'm Marianite. I'm Eastern Catholic. Um, It's one of the 24... Catholic churches within the Catholic Church. So most of your listeners are familiar with the the Latin Church within the Roman Catholic Church. So we are the Maronite Church. Our origins don't go back to the city of Rome, but go back to the city of Antioch. Okay. Um, So there's other uh, uh, churches that go back to Egypt, um, that go back to India, um, that go back to Iraq, uh, various places. The apostles went and proclaimed the gospel in different cities. Yes. Uh, in different cultures, and they uh, passed on the, the gospel of Jesus Christ in a way that the people in the area would understand. Um, and so they brought the same liturgy, the same sacraments, uh, they brought the same faith, the same baptism, and um, did it in a way that would be understandable to the people. And so in each of these different liturgies, in each of these different churches, we have the apostles' teachings. Um, and we have the apostles' teachings of what Christ was teaching. And so we have an access to a different aspect of God. And so if we thought about, like, what does, um, what does the world look like? Mm-hmm. And we look at a single map, that single map is far short of what the whole world looks like. And so if we say, okay. what does God look like? Well, any single church, any single theology book, any single um, liturgy, it falls short of the great vastness of God. It, it does tell us what's there. It tells us here's the continents. It tells us here's this. It tells us there's that. But there's so much more to it. And so in coming to a different liturgy from a different church, so mm-hmm. a different Catholic church, so under the same pope, in the same faith, inner communion, uh, because we're the same church, mm-hmm. um, and going to the, the Maronite church and seeing the Maronite liturgy, we see a different aspect of God's revelation. We see a different aspect, um, just like you would see um, in one map, where the countries look bigger, in another map, uh, where uh, the countries, you know, better show distance. So in, in the, the Maronite liturgy, we see more of the, um, the beauty of God. We see more of the poetry of God. Um, and in the, the Roman liturgy, we see more of um, our relationship and covenant with God. And so there's, a, a, wow. and there's different emphases within these different churches. 
Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And and so you explained it so well. I appreciate that. Will you tell us just in a couple of minutes, give us, uh, talk about your vocation story. What called you to so, the Marianite right? So I um, started feeling, uh, thinking about priesthood when I was maybe six years old, and it just kind of always stayed in the back of my mind. Um, when I was about 16, I uh, found out that despite being baptized uh, at St. George Church, mm-hmm. um, that we enter the church of our, of our father, um, and so my father was Maronite, so that meant that I was Maronite. Um, and so what does that mean? Uh, that I met a Maronite priest, and he says, well, look, you're Maronite. Um, if you enter the seminary, if you become a seminarian, you should become a Maronite seminarian. If you become a priest, you should become a Maronite priest. And that made sense to me, sure. you know, and I said, well, what are the Maronites? What is Maronite? He says, eh, you have time to figure it out. You have time to learn about it. Um, and so just this kind of constant um, call from God uh, that every time I'd sit down and think about it, this is where God was calling me. Wow. That's beautiful. Well, thank you for your yes. And now tell our listeners about there's a, 40, a 43rd annual St. Charbel liturgy coming up. So let us know all the details. So at the, the end of the Second Vatican Council, uh, they canonized on, on October 9th um, St. Charbel. Mm-hmm. St. Charbel was a 19th century hermit. Um, he lived off by himself. He had been a monk, and then he left the monastery to go to a hermitage so that he could spend his day in, in prayer. And they said he would spend the first day, half of his day, in preparation for the Mass or the liturgy, and the second half of his day in thanksgiving for the Mass or the liturgy. And he was known for miracles throughout his life, and he was, he's known even more for miracles after his life. Um, uh, hundreds, uh, maybe thousands... Um, of healing miracles. And so in Baton Rouge, for the past 43 years, um, we've been celebrating the, his canonization in a special way, bringing priests down um, from different cities. Uh, eventually, we had Father Jeff Bailly here locally, who would celebrate the Maronite liturgy for us every year. Um, and it's going to be at St. Patrick Church okay. um, off of uh, Corsi, and Sherwood Forest, mm-hmm. uh, St. Patrick Church, at uh, 1.30 p.m. on October 16th. Okay. And we're going to bring Bishop Sam Jacobs. Now, Bishop Sam Jacobs, his family is Maronite. He became uh, a, a, a Latin priest. He took a different route than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, he became a Latin bishop for Alexandria and then Homa Thibodeau. Now he's the emeritus bishop down at Homa Thibodeau. He's going to be with us. Uh, celebrating the liturgy with us, uh, preaching. Then we're going to have a uh, dinner. A lot of our parishioners come from the Middle East, and so we'll have okay. um, Middle Eastern food, Lebanese food, um, wow. as well as some other food um, at uh, the reception afterwards, and it's open to as many people as come. And then uh, Bishop Sam Jacobs, who uh, is known for um, starting the uh, Steubenville Conference in mm-hmm. Alexandria and then in Homa He's going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and the, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, and so that's at 1.30 p.m. Sunday, October 16th at St. Patrick Church. And it'll, it'll really be a nice event uh, and an, a, a chance for people who've never been to the Maronite liturgy, who've never been exposed to a liturgy outside of the Latin liturgy, to see 
how big the Catholic Church is, how big uh, and vast God is. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Father. And that's St. Patrick Church in Baton Rouge, October 16th at 1.30. I know we need to let you go. You have Mass in five minutes. So thank you so much for joining us, Father Alex Harb. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. I think that'll be a beautiful Mass. Awesome. Yep. October, October yeah. 16th. Yes. Wonderful. Well, well, I, real quick before we end the show, I wanted to talk about our drive time lineup for next Thursday. So what we can expect for drive time again is three days of our on-air fundraising where we have guests every hour next Tuesday through Thursday, October 11th through the 13th from 7 a.m. to noon. So next Thursday, starting us off actually in our New Orleans studio, we have Sarah Denny with Catholic Studies in at Loyola University in New Orleans. She'll be with me. From 8 to 9, we have Father David Frank. He's over at St. Rita in Harahan. From 9 to 10, we have Father Mark Beard. From 10 to 11, Jason Angelette. And from 11 to noon, we have Father Brad Doyle. And those guests coming to you from Baton Rouge will be hosted by the wonderful dynamic duo that is Damian Colado and Mark Shafisi. So that will be great. You definitely want to, if you want some comedy, some great commentary for your Thursday to get you ready for the wonderful weekend, definitely stay tuned for that. So drive time does start next Tuesday at 7 a.m. So stay tuned and stay with us. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, the Yat Pack. Now look out. Uh, we're going to conclude with a prayer to St. Bruno in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Bruno, help all who are in the world to emulate your quiet dedication, focus, and endurance. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy amen. Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have the Knights of Columbus joining us. Steve Ray will be talking about angels and archangels. Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, joins us. And Dr. David Whitten, professor of theology over at Fran U, will be talking about foster care in the area. It's going to be a great show. Have a wonderful Thursday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.